the church. Not an institution or an organisation, but a community where people are invited to find their true sense of belonging. A sense of belonging in their relationship with God and with other believers. But this community is not like anything else in our world. We are a family who are focused not just on being with one another, but spurring on one another in our relationship with Jesus. At Brackenridge Baptist Church, one of our five key values is the value of family. And we believe that this is something that God is wanting us to grow in together. In Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, we see Paul write these words. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is being joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. God's given us a picture of who he is wanting us to become and that these words would become real in our midst. That we see a church where everyone can find a home. A church where we find family and experience community no matter who we are. A church where we know one another deeply and share in each other's triumphs and tragedies. Part of our mission to experience and share the life, freedom and hope found in Jesus means doing this in community with one another and spurring one another on towards this goal. 2023 is our year to grow in our one anothering of each other, in growing as a family in Christ and being a community that genuinely feels like home. As I said just before, it's been a week of transition for me over this past week. Just a week ago, uh, just over a week ago, my first child was born, Zechariah James Luthy. Just so you know, it's, it is Zechariah. So just so you are, um, just so you are aware, and uh, I'm, I've been asked already this morning quite a uh, a lot of times uh, just how I am going, and I'm going uh, going pretty well at the moment. I'm only drinking about ten coffees and five Red Bulls a day to uh, to function. Um, it's not quite true. It's uh, it's only nine coffees at the uh, at the moment. And one of the most prominent conversations that my wife Sarah and I have been having uh, over this past week has been reflecting over the past nine months and what's been happening within our life. And in particular, there's a photo that has been sitting on our fridge that we have been walking past almost any time that we walk through our house. Uh, and this is, uh, was the first glimpse that we ever really got of what Zek, our son, would look like. This 
picture that you can see on the screen right now. Um, he looks a little bit funny right there. Uh, but this comes from a 3D imaging place that was able to take photos of Zek. Uh, you wouldn't know it in this photo, but in this photo, he actually had his uh, hands and his feet up in front of his face, and they were able to cut all of that out so that we could get this, uh, this picture. He's a very agile little boy, uh, apparently. And this was the first time, this photo was the first time that we really got a glimpse of what Zek was going to look like. And from this photo, both Sarah and I, we began to dream about what our son would look like. We began to get a picture of what, uh, of what Zek would be like. And through this photo, we were able to understand uh, our son who is about to, about to come. And this morning, this is what we're going to be doing together. This is what vision is. Vision is getting a glimpse into the future of what God has for us. It is, vision is a picture, it's a dream, it's a painting of the church that God is leading us to become. And on this day, on Vision Sunday, this is what we are doing together. It's an opportunity for us to look towards the future for this year and see where God is going to lead us. Now, with my son, uh, Zek, seeing this photo didn't mean that he would magically appear and be born fit and healthy. There were practical things that my wife, particularly my wife, and I needed to do. So there were certain foods that Sarah wasn't able to eat. She'll be getting oysters for the first time very, very soon, which she's excited about. There were hospital appointments that we went to. There were classes that we went to to get us prepared. There were things that we had to buy. There were changes within our house that had to be made. There were practical steps that were necessary to make this picture that we saw of Zek uh, come into being. And this is how things are with our church as well. God has given us a vision, a picture, a dream for our future, but we don't just sit back and wait for this to happen. There are practical steps for us to make. We lean into what God is calling us to do and make practical steps towards seeing this become real. Now, uh, for many of you who have joined us, maybe over the past six months or so, this has actually been quite a long process to get to this stage of speaking uh, vision in our church. Now, this isn't something that was just cooked up in a lab or an office. This is uh, something that many people in our church took a part in. In 2021, we embarked on 21 days of prayer and fasting that many of you were a part of. And throughout this time of prayer and fasting, God spoke to our church in really powerful ways. There were specific words that people had for our church. They had a real sense that God was saying to us together. And I just want to share some of these words. I want to look back on some of the phrases that people really believed that God was saying to our church. God was recommissioning us. God's calling us to be a church with open doors that are easy to walk into, a church with soft points. God's calling us to be a, a hub of community for all. God is calling us to believe, really deeply, truly believe that God can and will do more than we can ever imagine. <clears throat> Throw your old nets away, prepare new nets, fresh ideas, new ideas. Things will be different, but there will be fresh 
fire. So there's some of the specific things that people really believe that God was saying to our church. But also throughout these 21 days of prayer and fasting, there were certain phrases that were repeated over and over again by many different people. Some of the, uh, the phrases that were pr- repeated in prayer were uh, equipped and empowered, multi-generational, building bridges, growing and building and spreading, having deep community, being bold and courageous in sharing faith, being a refuge of healing and being united together. Apart from just gathering for these 21 days of prayer and fasting in 2021, our leadership, our church council, which takes care of governance, and our uh, staff team, which takes care of leadership, were also having their own times of prayer. And it was astounding, just the unity that, uh, that we had in our two different teams about how God, uh, in how God was speaking. Some of the things that came from our leadership was that it won't be easy, there will be a cost. Had a sense that God is doing a new thing to move forward with no fear. There will be blessing. We need to step out of our comfort zone. We need to focus on relationship and we need to remain unified. Now, at the same time as we had these 21 days of prayer and fasting, we also released surveys to many of you here in the church so that we would be able to hear a little bit of, a little bit of the heart of, what, uh, of who our church really is. And this is something that really helped us clarify our values. Now, our values are the flavor of our church. Every single group uh, alive has a, uh, has a set of values, whether they are verbalized or not, every single group has a set of, uh, of things that they value together. And for us as a church, it was amazing how clear it was um, what the heartbeat of our church is. As a church, we value family. We believe that the church is more than a place. It's a family where we find our true sense of belonging. As a church, we value grace Everyone, no matter what you have done in your past, no matter what sin has held you back in the past, you are welcome at our church. You are welcome with us. We value diversity. We don't all look the same or sound the same or act the same at our church, and we celebrate that. We see beauty in being united and loving in our diversity. We value authenticity. So we we believe in being genuine with one another. Our church is our most real and honest selves. We value advancement, so we believe that the church should be on the move. We're not going to get complacent or comfortable here. We will go wherever God calls us. Now, with all of this done, having heard from God in prayer and having heard a bit about the heartbeat from our church, many pieces became, uh, began to come together And we began to see this picture of where God is leading us over the next 10 years. Now, the unwise thing for us to do, having uh, put these pieces together and gained a bit of a picture, the unwise thing to do would be to try and do all of this at once. So that's not a practical thing for us to try and achieve. And so each year, what we are doing is we are breaking down our, our vision and having a vision focus for the year. And that's what today is all about, sharing a bit of our vision focus. Now again, knowing what our vision focus should be for, uh, for 2023, uh, this doesn't happen just by one person. Once again, I didn't just cook this up in a, in a lab or in an office, but this is something that is discerned by our church council in prayer and listening to God. And so last year, our church council met together 
In September, we had uh, a retreat and we asked God to guide us together, give us unity by his Holy Spirit and guide us into what we should be focusing on throughout 2023. And after a lot of prayer and discernment, our vision focus for this year became clear. This is the church that we see that will become more of throughout 2023. We see a church where everyone can find a home. A church where we find family and experience community, no matter who we are. A church where we know one another deeply and share in each other's triumphs and tragedies. So this is the church that we see. This is a part of the picture of who God is wanting Brackenridge Baptist to become over the next 10 years. And as I've been praying over this over the past few months... And looking into this year, there is one particular passage that God continually is bringing to my mind that speaks in a powerful way to what we're going to be focusing on throughout this year. And that passage is in Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. It's already been shared and it will be up there on the screen. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit." Now, this book of Ephesians that we have just read from, this was written to address a certain level of disunity that uh, that the church in Ephesus was experiencing. The church in Ephesus was a really strong church when they started out. And you can go back to the book of Acts and you can see a little bit about how the church at Ephesus started. They had become famous for their passion for God. They were passionate about sharing their faith with other people and they were able to see revival in their midst. But gradually, things began to shift for the church in Ephesus. There were some false teachers that found their way into the church in Ephesus and this began to breed disunity amongst people. In particular, the disunity that was being bred was between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. And so Paul writes this letter to this church and he confronts them and the way that he addresses this disunity that they're experiencing is by reminding them about their singular, united identity in Jesus. In chapter 2, he does this really strongly because we see this phrase that is really foundational for our faith. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so Paul uses the saving, redemptive work of Christ as the springboard to address some of the issues that this church had in regards to their disunity uh, with one another. He points out that it's because of Christ's saving work on the cross that this has now provided a way for all people, Gentile and Jew, to be part of the family of God. And so now, together... All people who belong to Christ, we are part of a household with one another. 
We are now brothers and sisters and uncles and aunties. We are part of the same family with one another. And this is the language that Paul uses here. We are part of a household, a family. One of the biggest issues that was facing this church in Ephesus at this time was the cultural differences that people had. Previously, uh, people had worshipped with people who looked the same and talked the same and acted the same as themselves. And this was also true for the Jewish people. The Jewish people had been used to worshipping with other Jewish people. And so they brought cultural assumptions to the table when they met together. And this was true for Gentile people as well. They came and brought their own cultural assumptions to the table. But now, because all people are invited into relationship with Jesus, this means that people come with their cultural assumptions, but they are called to worship with one another. Now, this was uh, this may not sound very uh, countercultural for us today, but this was something transformative in the culture of that day. It was unheard of for people from different ethnic backgrounds to gather together and worship the same God. This is part of the reason that Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So if different people from different backgrounds with different cultural assumptions are able to come together and love one another well as they worship the same God, that will be the greatest witness that people can possibly see uh, uh, that comes from the church. Now, carrying cultural assumptions may seem like that's only something that, uh, that may have happened 2,000 years ago when the church was forming. And yet, we still do this here today. We all come with preconceived ideas about how life should be done. We have in this room different views on politics, education, finances, family, etc. Different views were brought to the forefront even just this past week. This past week, don't worry, I'm not going to get too controversial right now. But this past week, it was Australia Day on Thursday. And every single year, it seems to become a more polarizing day as to whether or not we should change the date. And even within this room right now, there will be those of you who will have different views about this issue. Now, in a world of polarizing viewpoints, the church has the opportunity to be a place where people with different viewpoints are able to come together and love one another like family, despite differences of opinion. Because even earlier on in this chapter, in verse 14, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. The two different groups who had different opinions about things, you are now one group and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So we are now one. We are one family, relevant of differences of opinion, and we are here to grow in our relationship with one another and our love for one another. Being a follower of Jesus, it's not a solo act. You are now part of a wider family and we do life best when we gather it together in community. Now, despite all of this, despite the fact that 
that here in Ephesians we're called to grow in community and family with one another. I'm leaving out one important part. Yes, we're invited into a family, but I would say that there's many groups within our society that many people would say that they find a sense of family in. So some of you may be a part of a sporting club or an RSL or interest groups or schools, and yet there's something different about the church from any one of these other groups. Because we're not just a group of people who want to grow in our sense of family and community together, although that's wonderful, but we seek to grow in our sense of family centered around Jesus. We don't just build relationship with one another, it's centered around the person and work of Jesus. And that's why we see here, Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the head of the church. Now, a cornerstone for a building back then, just to give you a little bit of a picture of what is trying to be said here, it could be about 12 metres long. And in an ancient building, this was the first stone that was placed with everything else being built around it. Nothing else was as big or as strong or held the same weight as this 12 metre long cornerstone. Now, the people of this who were... Uh, Now, some of the people who would have been reading this, many of them would have still been thinking, is there going to be a new temple? Is there going to be a new building that will represent this movement called Christianity? But Paul answers explicitly, no, there is no new building. It is Christ. It is Jesus himself who is the cornerstone. So yes, we seek to grow in relationship with one another, We want to be this church where we find family and experience community no matter who we are. A church where we know one another deeply and share in each other's triumphs and tragedies. But all of this is centered around Jesus. He is the cornerstone. Often I've heard this phrase used. And it is a good phrase. (laughs) I do appreciate it. Uh, The church is not the building, it's the people. Now, although this is a helpful reminder that the church is so much more than bricks and mortar, the church is not a place, it can feel like Jesus can be left out of the picture if we just say that the church is the people, because Christ is the one who is the head of this church. So we centre our relationships on one another, with, uh, on Jesus. With all of that in mind... Next week, what we're going to be doing to center ourselves on Jesus and to understand relationship with one another more and to grow in our sense of relationship with one another, we're going to center ourselves on the teachings of Jesus and see how he did community with his disciples. One of the things that you'll find throughout the Gospel accounts, particularly throughout the Gospel of Luke, is that Jesus spent a huge amount of time eating with people. He centred his teachings and his sense of community around a table. Um, And so that's one of the things we're going to be looking at over the next little while. Some of the different ways that Jesus used the table as both the means of building community with people, but he also used it as the teaching method um, by teaching people about the table. And so this week, as we begin this new series uh, next week, we're also moving into uh, February and throughout the month of February to kickstart us into growing in our sense of family, family and community. 
Um, we're putting out the challenge to everyone in our church, and the challenge is that through the month of February, every single person will invite someone or a group of people around for a meal once a week. So that's four meals over four weeks. In Peter 4, verses 8 to 10, it says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, if you are not a good cook, uh, don't worry. One of the things that we have also provided with, uh, provided for you in your life group material, there's actually some recipes in there. So you can even uh, know a little bit about what you might be able to make over the next four weeks. Now, if you have any of these gatherings, we would love to know about it. So please take a photo and either upload it to the Dropbox link on the event on the website, or you can just email it through to the church, because we'd love to celebrate all of us coming together and growing in relationship with one another. There are multiple other ways that we're going to be seeking to achieve our vision focus throughout this year, um, but for details, what you're going to need to do is come back tonight to our family dinner and we'll tell you more about the details of what we're going to be doing throughout this year. If you can't make it tonight, part two of what we're speaking about will be uh, uploaded online as well. So pre please come along uh, tonight, bring a meal and some utensils to be able to serve. It would be wonderful. There are multiple ways that we're going to be... Um, accomplishing our vision focus throughout this year. But I just want to keep on your radar probably the most uh, major project that we have um, in the pipeline at the moment for how we are seeking to accomplish this, and that's through stage one of our building. Now, if you're new to our church, stage one of our building project is that we'll be building a new uh, undercover area out the front. We're going to be converting our creche into a cafe, and we'll also be building a new playground out, uh, out to the side, just off the, uh, off the cafe. Um, but one of the main reasons that we're doing this is not just so that we will just have uh, nicer spaces, but it is uh, so that we will have spaces that we can genuinely have community with one another, so that we can have conversation together. We are creating spaces for relationship to happen. And the building team under the leadership of Alex Sweetman has been hard at work preparing more of this. And so what I just want to do really quickly is I just want to share you uh, the most up-to-date version of what stage one is going to look like. So just turn your eyes to the screen.
more headway will be made on this throughout this year. And I'm really excited to see how God is going to be at work through stage one as we look towards uh, making some real headway on that throughout this year. At our church at Brackenridge Baptist, we see a church where everyone can find a home, a church where we find family and experience community no matter who we are, a church where we know one another deeply and share in each other's triumphs and tragedies. And this is the church that we're going to grow into more throughout 2023. And every single one of us has a part to play in making it happen. We don't do this on our own. We are not the church on our own. We're not building relationship even on our own. But we have Christ himself as our chief cornerstone. We centre ourselves on him and our relationships with one another on him. Our precious Jesus. Would you just stand to your feet? I'd just love to pray for all of us as we enter into this year. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the people who have gone before and who have invested so much into this family here. We thank you that you have called this church to reach people in our community be your shining light to those around us. But God, you've also called us to experience deep relationship with one another, to spur on one another in our faith. And so God, we do that, but we do that depending on you, relying on you, with you as our foundation. And so Christ Jesus, this year, would you help us to grow in our sense of family? Would you help us to build relationship with one another that's centered on you, Jesus Christ? Help us to love one another well. We know that when we love one another well, the world looks on and is able to see you. So center us around the things that really matter. Center us around the glorious news of the gospel that you, Jesus Christ, came to this earth, you died and rose again for the forgiveness of sins and help this church to be anchored around that truth. In Jesus' name, amen.